Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. and welcome to the Squiggly Quiz podcast. I'm Helen, I'm one half of the Squiggly Quiz podcast and I'm here with the other half, Sarah. Hi everyone. Hope you are all doing okay this week. We know that for lots of you, your Squiggly Queer has got perhaps even squigglier at the moment and that could be really positive. Maybe that squiggliness is creating, I don't know, new projects and new things for you to do. But for a lot of people, we know that it's really, really hard. Everything's changed from, you know, the way that you're working. Some people just aren't working because they've been furloughed where you're working it's all just creating quite a lot of challenge so we're with you and we understand that and we have some of that too and we're thinking about lots and lots of different ways that we can help we tend to share all those ways from all the different sessions that we do some of the support that we've got for people going through further and redundancy we tend to share all those sessions on instagram at amazing if so if you want some help above and beyond the weekly podcast that we do maybe head over to at amazing if and you can see some of the other programs and just different things that we put on to try and help people as much as we can one of the things that we've come up with and that we're actually really excited about is a special six-part podcast series that we're launching this week on thursday the 14th of may and it's called the ask the expert series every thursday for the next six weeks we're going to release a new podcast and it's going to focus on a skill that we think is really really important over the coming months and we're interviewing an expert in that area so it's given us amazing reason to go and talk to some people that we really admire and we find really inspiring we're keeping them deliberately short because this is like an extra episode in the week for you so it's going to be 15 minutes or less and the first one that we're doing is Sarah talking to Martha Lane Fox about resilience and then Sarah shall we tell people or leave a bit of a tease about the other ones we've got coming up I think a bit of a teaser okay a teaser keep keep an eye out on social and we'll share as we go through but they're going to be brilliant I've already recorded the Martha Lane Fox interview and she is incredibly insightful thoughtful and practical on resilience personally and professionally she's had some really interesting and kind of really tough experiences and I think resilience is probably top of a lot of our lists right now and so on to today's episode and we're going to be talking about belonging and particularly what belonging looks and feels like in a world where many of us are working virtually or just further away, I guess, from the people that we would normally spend time with. So we know that some people listening to this podcast will still absolutely be commuting to work every day. The likelihood is that we probably don't have that normal sense of belonging that perhaps we might usually feel at work and in the rest of our lives. And actually somebody described belonging to me in a way which has really stuck, which is diversity is being invited to the party, inclusion is being asked to dance, and then belonging is dancing like no one is watching. I just really liked that as a kind of way of thinking through the difference between diversity, inclusion and belonging and recognising that they are all distinct, but I think very much connected. And when I think about that in kind of practical terms around 
work and what does that mean it's about bringing yourself to work in a way that suits you I don't necessarily always kind of buy into when people say oh you know bring all of yourself to work and bring your whole self to work I think people do sometimes choose to not do that and I think that's also absolutely fine but it's feeling like you can bring as much as you want to work of yourself to work as you possibly can and at the moment I do think there are a number of what I would describe as belonging barriers Mm -hmm. so things that are kind of getting in in our way of having that sense of belonging at work so whether it's we're incredibly reliant on technology right now which can be both a help but it can be a hindrance to belonging people are perhaps furloughed and not connected to their teams in the same ways I know some people who are also incredibly busy and so you almost don't have time for some of the things that help us to feel like we belong because perhaps we're just so full on. You're perhaps also doing things like homeschooling. So all of the kind of the nature of how we're working in this very specific moment, I think probably isn't helping. And I really feel for people who've started new jobs at the moment. And I know some people have and creating that sense of belonging, particularly in those early months is, is hard enough as it is without having never perhaps met your teammates in person I think as well because people's experiences are so individual a bit extreme at the moment like if you're homeschooling before when you were at work you had like all your childcare all sorted and your school and your nursery and you found that rhythm and now you're trying to be the person that you were at work whilst also still doing homeschooling or whatever else is going on for people in their lives I feel like everybody's got these really sharp experiences so even though they might have felt this sense of belonging before they might feel a bit cut adrift from the people they used to work with and for but also maybe a bit cut adrift from themselves because they don't feel like the person that they were before at work I think it just creates a really challenging set of emotions for people to manage. And we know that it really matters because there's lots of really good research out there on belonging and the impact it has individually and on an organisation. So we know that people perform better at work and it's actually really significant. It's like over 50% in terms of your performance increase. Once you feel like you belong, you're less likely to kind of be off ill, whether that's for mental or kind of physical illnesses. And your likelihood to also promote other people to work at an organisation when you feel like you belong is so much higher. There's an interest in it for you. It's a kind of human nature to want to feel like we belong. For everybody in an organisation, we should kind of want this for everyone. It's kind of good for everyone, I think is the way that I would summarise it. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about five very practical actions that you can take to kind of increase your sense of belonging at work and I think to help other people belong because you might feel like well I I do feel a really strong sense of belonging which is brilliant and if you do then the thing I'd really encourage you to think about is well what actions could you take to help other people because the likelihood is right now there will be some people who are finding you know that sense of belonging really hard those barriers will be kind of getting in people's ways so going to go through five actions and give examples for each so action number one this is all about finding people who are interested in curious about or want to learn the same things as you so this is almost finding groups to belong to this might be a particularly good idea perhaps if you are furloughed at the moment or if you're feeling kind of a bit disconnected or you're perhaps not but you're looking for kind of this sense of belonging whether it's inside your organization or outside almost starting with that what do I want to learn what's the thing that I'm interested in I think naturally then it's easier, the kind of barriers to belonging I think are lower if you already have something in common with people. And actually, if you're someone like me and you're a bit more introverted, even just the process of meeting new people can be quite intimidating. Whereas if somebody said to me, oh, well, here's a group of people who all absolutely love to read fiction, I would already think, 
I'll probably belong to this group a little bit because I also absolutely love fiction. And so it just gives you that immediate sense of feeling like you hopefully belong or it kind of reduces those barriers. And I think it helps you to just connect with people quickly, I think. And we're starting to see some really good examples of organisations do this, whether it's through things like podcast clubs or book clubs or people just saying, you know, if you're really interested in starting to learn to code, peers just teaching each other whether you're encoding or not. And I think you can see people even using this kind of moment in time to use the skills that they've got to say to people, if I can help you to learn those skills, then absolutely, I'm I'm really willing. And I think people are showing lots of kind of thoughtfulness and kindness at the moment. And just to make it really specific, if you're thinking, okay, this sounds nice, what could I do? Well, obviously, you can go and create one of these groups for yourself. So if you're whatever it is you're curious about, set something up and invite people to join you in a pretty simple way. Maybe it's a a weekly Zoom call or something about it. But you can also connect to some ones that already exist. That might be quite good as well, because not only will you find, you know, it's a bit less effort and you'll find people are interested in the same things as you. It might also give you a bit of an insight into how these things are run quite well. So just a couple of ideas of ones that we're aware of that we we find particularly interesting an example of a really good online book club is the hyphen book club which is run by emma gannon and you can find that on instagram and emma takes a book every single month and then kind of the group discuss it all together i think for may uh, which obviously when this podcast is going out the book is pretending by holly bourne and the discussion starts on the 18th of may so you get in on that one quickly but if you do some quick reading over this week you can maybe join that one there's also online podcast club Sarah mentioned we really admire the work of Adam Grant and on LinkedIn he's just started it's called the work life podcast club on LinkedIn you can subscribe to it and obviously he talks about his podcast in that which is the work life podcast but also shines a light on some other ones as well so if that's kind of where your interests lie that could be a good place to join as well And just one final bit of research on curiosity. I was reading something connected to belonging and curiosity that sort of showed actually if you kind of do these things, it has kind of two advantages. Firstly, yes, you get that sense of belonging that we're talking about today, but that also you diversify your network. So as we've talked about on the podcast before about creating and nurturing your networks and your ties, it sort of has that added benefit of not only increasing your network, but also the diversity of your network, very much along the lines of the Rebel Ideas podcast that we did with Matthew Syed. So action number two, think about all of the conversations that you have across a working week and figure out how many of them are one-to-one versus one-to-many. So what I mean by this is we're doing loads of Zoom calls where there are a number of different people on those calls. Now, they tend to be often quite task-focused, very work-focused, And just the nature of having quite a lot of people on those calls means it's hard to build personal connections and actually to build kind of friendship at work. And that's not the purpose of often for those. So it's not that they are wrong or not useful. It's just they're not as useful for building belonging. Whereas actually one to one where you have more time and space, it tends to be where you have more explorative chats. It tends to be when you work out what you have in common. Actually, for the Ask the Expert series, for the interviews that I've done so far, it's actually really nice just talking to one person one-on-one, even for just the five or six minutes before we start the interview. That is almost where you start to create that sense of connection because there's just this kind of two of you having a bit of a chat and just seeing what you do have in common, if anything. And I think don't underestimate the importance of having those kind of one-to-one chats. One of the things I'm realising as well, just picking up on the 
connection between friendship and belonging is how flexible friendship is over time. And I'm seeing it, obviously, you know, Sarah and I are friends as well as kind of podcast hosts and work buddies. I'm seeing it with my other friends as well. And that sometimes in your life, you might not talk to those people very much, but when when you really need them, those friendships are there. They kind of have this deep sense of belonging for you. They're very flexible. One of the things that I'm noticing that Sarah and I are doing, and also I'm doing with my other friends as well, is the question how are you but making it really specific like how are you today and sometimes I'll put that on whatsapp and I'll follow it up with a call depending on someone's actual response or it's just you know there's a call in the diary you know Sarah and I always speak on a on a Monday and we'll always be like how are you today you know what's gone over the weekend and to take some time to both ask that question and listen to the response it makes such a big difference and one of the things that I've noticed that I haven't actually I haven't really played this back to you Sarah is that Sarah and I obviously we're very close together but we have almost like a different rhythm to our weeks in terms of how we experience them I've noticed I find Mondays harder so we tend to have a Monday catch-up and a Friday catch-up and I find Mondays harder I just find that transition from the weekend to a Monday a bit difficult in the current climate and I've noticed that Sarah you find Fridays a bit harder by the end by the end of a Friday you're kind of like whatever we've been doing that week now yeah (laughs) um, it's almost like whatever we've done that week has sort of taken its toll all the effort that's gone into it whereas I'm slightly different and so I've only been able to notice that because we are regularly having those calls and I'm tuning into the emotions and we're asking, you know, like, how are you today? So I just think it's a very powerful question and to do that with somebody else that you can trust gives you a really helpful sense of connection, both because you're listening to them, but you're also being heard by them as well. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
so action number three is working out whether you could be an ally to somebody at work. Now, allyship is a really interesting topic and probably one that we will explore further in a future podcast episode. But every person in a company can be an ally to someone else. And essentially, I think being an ally means just supporting someone. And I saw it described actually in one article as just like you've kind of got their back and somebody knows that and they kind of feel that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a peer. It could be your manager. It could be someone in a different department, but someone who just really feels like they are really supported by you. And actually what the research shows is that by being an ally to someone else, you feel more belonging at work, which I think you can understand because you feel more of a sense of connection and meaning, I guess, to what it is that you're doing and kind of why you're doing it. And sometimes I think it's easy to forget how like useful we can be in an organisation in terms of being an ally to someone. And that could just be acknowledging the work that someone's done. It could be saying thank you. But I think it is about being explicit in your allyship. I think it's not a hidden thing. I think allies are very visible. You're very clearly saying, I understand this might be hard for somebody at the moment. So a really specific example, I think, is, you know, for people who haven't got kids at the moment, working with people obviously who have got kids who perhaps are homeschooling, I've heard some brilliant examples of those people sort of just being allies to those people who've got kids and they're going, obviously I'm not in the same situation as you, but I get that this must be really hard and just can I help in any way or can I even just listen? You've not got to, to be an ally, you don't have to solve the problem. You're just sort of there and you're just saying to someone, don't worry about it. And I think Helen and I do this kind of all the time, but we've had moments certainly in the last kind of mm. couple of months where we've sort of really had to be an ally to one or the other where we've kind of had to hold our hands and go, we're really struggling or we need some help. But kind of knowing the other person has got your back is incredibly powerful. Yeah, really, really powerful. And when I was doing some sort of research around the topic of belonging for today's podcast, one of the things that's really dropped for people is a sense of recognition in this kind of virtual way that we're working because they saw it more, maybe felt it more when people were a bit more face to face. So I think being an ally and sort of really dialing up the amount of recognition that you are giving to people virtually, is it something really positive? And somebody who I came across this when I did a career tip a while ago, Abby Wambach, who I actually really admire, even though she's like a kind of US sporting professional, which isn't normally my topic of any expertise. But I think she's she's got a book called Wolfpack and it's really, really inspirational about leadership. But there's a particular point in Abby Wambach's book, Wolfpack, where she talks about rushing and pointing. So it's almost like taking a moment when somebody else is successful rush to congratulate them if you think about that virtually if someone's finished a project or done a really good presentation make the time to rush to go towards them you know with an email or maybe to give them a phone call or message them whatever works for you in your company but make sure you're giving them that recognition because people need it more than ever because they're not getting it as much as they used to And the other point that she talks about is pointing. So when you're successful, just take a moment, obviously acknowledge your own successes because that's good for your confidence, but also take a moment to point to the other people or point out the other people who've contributed to your success. So you might say, these are the other three people that were involved in this. This is specifically how they helped, whatever it looks like for you. But I think in terms of being an ally and dialing up the recognition, I think that whole thing about rushing to congratulate and pointing to the people that have helped you to be successful is a really nice actionable way to start putting you know implementing that action number four is all about mentoring 
So slightly different to allyship, which is much more about kind of supporting others. I think mentorship is about sharing your advice and your kind of wisdom on something specific. And everyone can be a mentor and everyone can be a mentee. And it doesn't need to be formal. It can be a 10 minute chat. It can be over the phone. It can be Zoom. It can be via email. It can be on WhatsApp. (laughs) Somebody actually said to me this week that I was like a brilliant virtual mentor to them over WhatsApp. And actually took that as a real compliment. Mm. I was like, oh, can I put that on my CV? And I think just recognizing we need this more than ever right now. I was on a call catching up with loads of my friends that we do every other week on Friday. And I was just listening to everybody talk about what's happening to them in their lives and everyone is finding it very tough in very different ways and I came off that call just thinking just how important it is that we kind of have the support of mentors in some way shape or form at the moment I think probably everybody needs them and everybody can also give you know give that wisdom and advice to others I think if we all did this together it would probably be beneficial for all of our kind of sense of belonging so I would just really encourage you to be open about who can mentor you start with why do you want mentoring I think that's often the bit that people forget we kind of rush to thinking mentoring is a good thing which it definitely is then you go to the practical right how do I get one whereas I think just first ask yourself like why would a mentor be really helpful for me right now is it because you're thinking I really need to think about my resilience because this is I know this is hard and it's only going to get harder is it a specific skill set that you want to get better at is it you're thinking about a bit of a change and you'd like to talk to someone else who's made a similar change so just ask yourself the why question first and then I think just be about really open about who that person is and also like what it can look like we've said before you don't need to kind of ask someone to be your mentor in a kind of formal way I think you can just ask someone for a bit of advice ask them for some wisdom be really clear about why them as well just because often you know, sometimes people get asked and it's not clear why you've asked that specific person. And then our last piece of advice on mentoring is always just don't worry or be offended if somebody says no. I think particularly at the moment, whether you've asked someone internal or external, you never quite know what's going on in people's lives. I use the example of all the experts that we've asked for the new series that we're doing here. Essentially, we're kind of getting to be virtual mentors to all of us. Some of them came back and said yes really quickly. And some people said no, because they just can't do it right now and they just don't have the capacity. And you don't take that personally. There's always more more than one person who can help you. Nobody has a monopoly on wisdom. So I think just really think about this for you right now. Do you have somebody who is giving you kind of that advice that you particularly need? We talk about curating your own curriculum. And I think this is one way you can really do that. Think about why do I need a mentor? What do I need to learn? And then who can help me? And if you did want to formalise that at all, and maybe you thought about how you could help a wider group of people at work, maybe with mentoring, think about maybe could you set up an internal mentor match programme, which could be as simple as every week, five people nominate one hour of their time to mentor somebody else. And they're explicit about the thing that they could mentor somebody on resilience, growth, personal development, you know, whatever it is, but people would just nominate themselves and then you could sign up and it's a bit first come first serve. Or if you wanted to do it even more formally than that, there's a really good set of tools to have a look at on mentorloop.com. Lots of different advice for how you can set up a slightly more formal, maybe more people are involved in it, internal mentor program. So that could be something that you could maybe take the lead on if it feels like something you're really passionate about and something that you want to do to contribute whilst we're in this kind of period of work. And then action five, so our final action for today is about creating time and prioritizing basically 
socializing <laughs> and chatting um in kind of the basic sense i think the thing that we probably do all appreciate it because i think we all miss it is whether we were in an office environment or if you were you know working the way like helen and i did where we don't have an office but we do meet lots of different people we've all sort of kind of lost that chat over a coffee or the chat while we're walking out of the building in the lifts or all of those kind of in-between moments where you talk about stuff other than work and I think that you're talking to work people but you are talking about normal people but I think you probably have to work a bit harder at the moment to do this so like my sister and her friends are having like Prosecco chats that they have every week and I think that's a really good way to do it and actually I think people are probably doing a good job of this with their friends but my question to kind of everybody listening is are you also doing it with your work friends because it is a good thing to have friends at work and it is a good thing to have friends at work that you're chatting to about stuff that isn't about work Mm. and you know I've started to see I think some people are doing like G&T or cup of tea moments at like 5pm on a Wednesday or whatever it might be more formalized like people have created these moments but don't forget you can also do it informally as well and I hope people are in a working environment where that's an okay thing to do you know to just chat to someone on the phone for 15 minutes and both make a coffee at the same time and so again if you want to get look at some examples or a bit of help with getting this started have a look at jk i think it's hoey or hooey but it's kelly hooey on twitter she's actually an author of a book called build your dream network but i really like something that she's doing she talks about this water cooler moments where every week she's basically spending some time online and she's letting people know exactly when she's online so that people can just go and chat so on twitter she's kind of saying you know between 5 and 6 p.m um basically be on twitter if people want to chat and i think you could do a similar thing at work so you could all be you know agree to be online between five and six just for a bit of like the team banter that might take place when you were just you know with each other in person so that could be something you could replicate there's another thing that i found as well uh, which is called the donut app have you come across this sarah it works with slack no um so it basically ran i don't i don't think you'd like this so i'll tell you you could tell me but it basically it works with slack i think it might also integrate with microsoft teams um other people might know better but it basically ran randomly pairs you up with somebody else you know in your microsoft team network or your slack network gives you prompts to have like a coffee with each other in a bit of an informal chat no absolutely not <laughs> i thought you would hate it but i did um that lunchclub.ai i think you'd hate this as well but yeah i signed up to that and then didn't do it <laughs> i didn't want to <laughs> so lunch which you can now do virtually i've done i have and i have done one virtual so lunchclub.ai basically randomly matches you up with people and before the whole you know covid19 i would every week or so i would just randomly meet up with somebody who was curious about the same things as me and was in London at the same time and around about the same area. And then you just have a chat with someone that you didn't know, which I think Sarah probably wouldn't like. And now they do that virtually. I think there are lots of these different ways that you can have informal chats. But as Sarah said, you might need to make a bit of effort. So whether it's, you know, I'm going to be online at this particular time or you use an app like the donut thing or lunchclub.ai, those are just some tools that can prompt. But also it could be as simple as let's just do Friday drinks at four o'clock before people log off. And that's, you know, quite a simple, fun thing that you could do with your team as well. So hopefully those five actions were useful. I'll just recap the actions again, um, just in summary, just in case you kind of were going out for your run or going for your daily walk, um, just so you've got them all at the end. The first one, action one, was about finding people who are interested in or curious about the same things as you and kind of start belonging to those places and those people. 
Action two was audit how many of your conversations in a working week are one-to-one versus one-to-many. Just make sure you're doing enough personal one-to-one connections to build belonging at work. Action three was being an ally to somebody at work. Everyone can be an ally, support someone and kind of have their back. Action four was about mentoring, probably never being more important. Everyone can be a mentor or a mentee. And action five was all about finding time for those kind of water cooler chats. Basically, just find time to chat about pointless stuff with work people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if today was helpful, there are a couple of other episodes that really relate to belonging that could be helpful to listen to. We talk about emotions at work in episode 67 and I interview Molly Westerfee in episode 97 about their book, No Hard Feelings, which is brilliant. And if you don't follow them on Instagram, still one of my favourite Instagram accounts. And we do have an Ask the Expert series interview coming up. Having said we weren't going to talk about who was on them, we do have one on psychological safety coming up with Amy Edmondson, which I am ridiculously excited about. I've already done the interview with Amy and I rang Helen straight afterwards because I was so excited, basically. (laughs) It's such a good episode, so useful, and she is brilliant. I think when you're talking to the person who has spent actually longer than you think, I think it was like 1999 even, she was already kind of thinking about this concept. So she's so immersed in this world and kind of what it means. It was fascinating. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I'm very conscious that we've got lots of podcasts already out there and now we're introducing you to some more. So (laughs) just on Thursday this week, we have our first Ask the Expert series podcast. It is Sarah talking to Martha Lane Fox. And then we'll be back together, Sarah and me, next week. And we're going to be talking about mental health at work with Booper and Mind. So a really special episode there as well so that's the next two you've got coming up so make sure maybe put them in your diary for thursday and for next tuesday to listen to if you do enjoy this podcast please do if you can just take a couple of minutes to rate it on apple Podcasts if that's where you listen or whatever else it is reviews are much appreciated and we love it when you recommend it to other people that you think it might help our mission is to make work and careers better for everybody and the more that you do that for us the more people we can reach and help and that's all we want to do that's why we do what we do so thank you for your support in that it's a small action that make a big difference to us and hopefully to other people right now so we will leave you there and we'll be back with you and we'll say we'll be back on thursday and i'll be back with you on tuesday next week bye everyone bye everyone planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.